Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Business reaction now uh, to these new restrictions. And the Premier, as I said, did announce a bit of help for business. Jonathan Allward at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. I talked to him this morning as well, actually, right after that Premier Pallister and Dr. Rusin news conference and got his reaction. Well, thanks for having me, Hal. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Well, here we go again, eh? Yeah, I know. It's, that's exactly. Unfortunately, it's a bit of deja vu. and Really, restrictions very similar to what we saw at the start of the pandemic when we didn't know what's going on. And I think the the concerning part, especially right now, is, you know, we know how the virus spreads. We've been living with it uh, for the last several months. But, uh, you know, we have to go back to square one because people, you know, the small minority, unfortunately, just aren't following the rules that we have in place for good reason. Um, you know, and I think a lot of small businesses have been part of the solution, have been keeping community spread in small businesses to a very, very low number. But I think all Manitobans right now, unfortunately, need to sacrifice and uh, need to be working together as much as possible to keep this shutdown as short as possible. Yeah, I agree. I think business really has done well. Unfortunately, we're just at a point now where we have to get back to this lockdown. Cases are even worse than they were when this all began. Exactly. And my hope is that Everyone across the province, regardless of your profession, your background, where you live, your age, is working together to do two things right now. Number one, keep this lockdown as short as possible by following the rules. And two, especially as we're ramping up to the holiday season, support small businesses as much as possible. We know that the you know, the majority are planning to spend most of their money at, you know, your Amazons, your big box stores, and that's going to be even more attractive right now as we all try and, you know, keep going out to a minimum, keep our close contacts to a minimum. But we need to be consciously thinking about how we can support small businesses, support them online, pick up the phone. You can do curbside pickup for most or delivery. We need to support small businesses right now. Provincial supports that were announced today by the Premier are going to help but it's far from a silver bullet, so we need people still shopping and supporting local businesses, uh, but from afar. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Of course, the bad news is new restrictions begin on Thursday. The good news is the bridge gap of $5,000 is being made available to businesses, not-for-profits, and charities, and potentially another five grand in the new year if these public health orders continue. And that gap protection loan payment of $6,000 back in May is now a grant. It doesn't have to be repaid. So this is all really good news. Is it enough, though? Well, it, it's not going to be enough as a whole. And, and I don't think at the same time a lot of small businesses, maybe we're expecting that even. But when you take what was announced today, also they're going to start to flow some of the dollars for the provincial uh, back-to-work wage subsidy program. That's another big step. And when you combine that with the, the expanded and, and new rent program coming out from the federal government, should be very, very soon. And the fact that these dollars should be coming uh, out, getting to businesses, you know, over the next uh, couple, few weeks, uh, this is this is going to help. It's it's still going to mean that a lot of businesses are struggling. Um, you know, it's not going to pay their entire rent bill. It's not going to help them 
keep their staff on in some cases. It's not going to help them stock up on inventory or PPE and other things to add another layer of protection for their staff and their customers, but it's going to help keep them afloat. And uh, you know CFIB how our, our message, our goal every day when I wake up is I want to improve the odds of business success. I think this program does that. We're going to see more businesses survive uh, what is an incredibly difficult fall so far, and hopefully uh, all Manitobans can work together to keep this lockdown as short as possible so we don't even have to worry about a $5,000 bridge in the fall, in uh, in January, sorry, so we can get back to more life as normal and living with the virus successfully. Yeah. Final question. This really is a game of survival at this point for your members, isn't it? This is just about getting out the other side of this. Yeah, unfortunately, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, some, I, I think, have been less impacted than others, fortunately. Um, but I would say the majority, this is going to be a survival game right now. And um, even those that were starting to do better over the summer, starting to get back to some semblance of normal revenues, normal staffing, being fully open, you know, this is going to be an enormous challenge for them. I and mean, even um, though the, the supports the government's doing a really good job relative to other provinces getting the money out fast, you know, it's not going to be fast enough probably for some because they're going to have uh, they're going to have rent bills due. I just hope that everyone is as uh, you know collectively working together is, is respecting one another you know whether that's people going out and shopping local people you know staying home and not going to social gatherings to limit spread or even if it's the landlords acknowledging that there's going to be funding coming in soon to help these businesses get through we all need to work together to get through this lockdown successfully not just from a health standpoint but from a business survival standpoint as well jonathan as always thanks for your time thanks Hal. Tomorrow is, of course, Remembrance Day. And by the way, we've got all kinds of cool, um, really great Remembrance Day uh, programming tomorrow here on CGOB. So I hope you tune it in. And we're going to talk with the director and producer of a show that's going to be on History TV uh, tomorrow night. That's coming up after the news at 2.30 here in about half an hour. Joining us now, Lieutenant Johnny Coffin over at 17 Wing. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate this. So you're a senior staff officer, search and rescue, and one Canadian Air Division. Search and rescue is is kind of obvious, but m- maybe explain a bit about what you do. What is Canadian uh, one Canadian Air Division? Help us out here. Yeah, no problem. So across Canada, we have many Air Force uh, squadrons and units that you know need to be staffed with the right people who get the right training and they need a lot of equipment uh, and a lot of support to make sure the airplanes stay fixed and in the air. So a lot of the staff at the One Canadian Air Division work towards supporting those operational squadrons who are at the, the pointy end of the spear doing the operations for uh, Canadians here in Canada and, and across the world. Gotcha. I don't think a lot of people, and some people realize this, maybe a lot of people do realize it, but I think many maybe don't realize just how much uh, of our military works out of here in Winnipeg, and we're talking to you at 17 Wing. Just sort of talk about the significance of the military presence in this community. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and, and you hit the nail on the head there when, when you say community. Uh, we have quite a few... Uh, military members 
scattered throughout the city who are integrated in uh, in a lot of the various communities and uh, and their families and, and uh, obviously uh, children who get involved uh, in all the schools. Um, they're, uh, they do a lot of great work here. Like I said, the One Canadian Air Division definitely supports uh, the units across Canada. And uh, the the uh, whenever you talk about Remembrance Day ceremonies and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Johnny, um, you know, we wear poppies and we take a couple of minutes on Remembrance Day and it's a, it's a day to remember, and I think most of us do that. Um, what is it for you, somebody who's a current member of the military? Yeah, it is. So wearing a poppy uh, definitely, you know, signifies, you know, that we're actually remembering uh, our veterans. Um, remember it's day in itself, you know, there's two big things for me anyway. Um, I truly believe that it's really important for all of us to remember those veterans who, you know, basically made the ultimate sacrifice and not to forget that we also have many veterans that are still here with us who, you know, maybe didn't make the ultimate sacrifice, but definitely right. sacrifice their, uh, their bodies, uh, their minds, their spirits. And we still need to look after them too. Um, I also believe that it's very important for us to learn from our history because if we don't do that, you know, we're, we're condemned to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Johnny, uh, thanks for joining us for a few minutes here on a very busy news day. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Hal. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Johnny Coffin, Senior Staff Officer, Search and Rescue, and one Canadian Air Division at 17 Wing right here in Winnipeg. You know, he talked about uh, veterans who've made the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, As I said, I'm going to talk to Barry Stevens, the director and producer of Fight to the Finish, which will be on History uh, TV tomorrow night. And it's a 90-minute Canadian documentary. And I actually chatted with Barry earlier today, and so I'll replay the conversation for you after the news uh, at 2.30. But in this 90-minute documentary, he talks to 50 veterans, 50 Canadian veterans of World War II, and they mix in um, combat footage, and the combat footage has been using the latest technology, has been colorized, and I got to bit, watch a bit of it, uh, and I'm telling you, it's really, really incredible. And I encourage you to listen for the chat with Barry. That's coming up again after the news at 2.30. But watch that show. It's uh, tomorrow night on History, and then I think there's a repeat on Thursday as well. Um, but, um, well, I'm going to save it. I was going to tell you more, but listen to the conversation with Barry coming up after the 2.30 news, and then watch the show, because it really uh, is fantastic. I haven't seen all of it. I've seen some of it, and uh, it's really special. It would be a great way to spend an hour and a half uh, on Remembrance Day if you're looking for uh, something to watch uh, tomorrow night. Uh, the first person I said we got to have on the show is this guy here, Dr. Jason Kindrichuk, Assistant Prof and Canadian Research Chair of Medical Microbiology and Infectious Diseases at the University of Manitoba. Dr. Kindrichuk, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. 
Well, your initial reaction uh, to the numbers, they continue to be high. I think we were sort of hoping we might see a bit of a dip now because we're over a week into these new uh, restrictions in Winnipeg. Um, but we also got new restrictions now province-wide that kick in on, on Thursday. And I guess we're at that point where they're needed, eh? Yeah, I, I think that we're at that point where, you know, we, we've crossed the precipice at, the, at uh, you know, at this juncture. And really, it, it, we have to go into full lockdown. I mean, there there is no question that uh, when we're looking at the fatalities that, that we're seeing on top of the cases. Um, I, I don't think there's any option but to do what what's being done. One of our reporters, Will Reimer, a global reporter, uh, asked a great question of Dr. Rusin uh, in the 1230 News Conference, which we carried live uh, here on CJOB, and he said, you know, was a second lockdown inevitable? Was it going to happen one way or another, either earlier or later? Uh, but he and Dr. Rusin said, hard to say, uh, but I've got some people that are texting and emailing suggesting that we didn't really have a first wave. This is kind of our our first wave. Was there any way of avoiding this, uh, Jason? Well, I, listen, I, I, as an infectious disease guy, um I think that ultimately, yes, there, there is that option. And, and we've seen certainly with other regions of the world that, that have been able to clamp down and, and keep cases low. Uh, I think that's the unfortunate aspect is, um, you know, there are going to be a number of variables that led to this, this increase. But I, I don't think anything is inevitable. Um, it's unfortunate we're in this position. We'll figure out afterwards what went wrong and when. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly I, I think we all know we, we need to do better. How fast now uh, should we start to see the numbers drop? Will we see some drop here any time now based on, uh, you know, the restrictions that went in place in Winnipeg a week ago and then more, I guess, anywhere between a week and two weeks is what we're told, right? Yeah, and I think we want to be, you know, a, a little bit kind of cautious on that. I think, you know, two weeks is one, basically one virus cycle. Um, so I think with Dr. Rusin today, you know, talking about this idea of four weeks, um, that's probably the time period we want to look at and really to give us a good judgment on whether there's an actual trend or we're just seeing, you know, kind of bouncing around uh, from, from day to day that, that can be due to just changes in testing parameters, too. So I, I, it's going to take a little bit. We're, we're not going to see an immediate change on Friday. Um, you know, it's going to be kind of like two weeks from Friday will be probably when we start getting an indication of whether we're going in the right direction. You listen to these news conferences, too. Um, I'm curious to know, as an infectious disease expert, what caught your ear today as you listen to Dr. Rusin and Nurse Saragusa? Because I hear things and I go, oh, that's kind of interesting. What, what, what caught your ear today? You know, I, I, I've been kind of caught up in, in a, a few things as of late. And, and obviously, uh, you know, I think the bigger stories that, that, have, that have come up have been obviously the, the concerns about the long-term care facilities and obviously um, the, the various letters that, that have been going uh, to the, the provincial government um, right. from various aspects. And I think to me, those are the stories that, that need to resonate. Um, you know, we, we, need to, we need to do better for our long-term care facilities. We had months to prepare um, this is going to be, I think, the one of the sad legacies uh, for the province and for Canada for, for the pandemic. Um, we also have to we have to somehow listen uh, with, with open ear and open hearts to our frontline healthcare workers um, when they're talking about their concerns and, and their issues they're seeing. Um, th- those voices need to be heard. Uh, it, it, we we are basically putting our, our lives in their hands. Um, we have to give them that respect to appreciate uh, what, what they're saying as they're seeing basically things change by moment to moment on the ground. 
And I get the impression that is difficult for them to speak out like that. Yeah, it certainly is, uh, you know, probably something that none of them want to have to do. Uh, certainly, they, they don't want to speak against uh, the government, in particular, uh, in the middle of a crisis. Um, and they certainly don't want it to seem as if it is politically motivated. Um, you know, it, and they also don't want to seem emotional. I mean, I think they what, what they want is to really get the message across and have it resonate. And, uh, you know, I, I, I applaud them. That's why I signed, uh, you know, one of the letters uh, along beside them. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we really have to, I mean, listen, we count on them daily, um, but we really are counting on them and relying on them now to be our, our really our fundamental line of defense against this virus at the level of, uh, of emergency care and hospital care. I asked a guest, I, I, I guess it was uh, Jan Lagueros, I asked, uh, boy, the days just kind of blend together these <laughs> days, but I, I guess it was yesterday, I think, that I was talking to her, and, and I said that when officials are talking now about the Maple situation and, uh, you know, uh, impl- implementing things to make the situation better, they talk in terms of, we're doing it now, when I think a lot of people hear that, I'm just telling you what I hear from, from listeners, um, and I uh, have the same reaction. Why weren't we doing this? We, we've had months uh, to get some of this stuff in place. And it does kind of feel like maybe even officials got a little lax like many Manitobans and Winnipeggers did. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and listen, I, first of all, I applaud uh, Mayor Bowman for coming out yesterday and speaking uh, you know, so uh, so loudly and succinctly about the situation. Um, I look at this and I, I look back to that first wave. Yes, Manitoba did extremely well, but we watched what was going on in Ontario and Quebec um, and obviously saw the issues that were present in their long-term care facilities. That's where I look at this and say, we had months to, to be in a better position. Um, yes, this is a new virus. Yes, there are things, that, nuances that we are still trying to understand about transmission. Um, but, but we have to be doing better than this. Uh, I hope this will spur a change, uh, and undoubtedly it will. Um, but I, I also have that feeling that you know we, we left this a little bit too long um, before, before we reacted, in particular to those situations. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Mayor Bowman. Uh, he said maybe it's time for the military. And Dr. Rusin was asked that today. The premier's been asked that. I'll ask you, Jason Kindrichuk, what do you think? Uh, I, you know, again, uh, <laughs> how, how do I say this from a, uh, you know, a, a non-biased uh, point of view and just from, again, as a virologist? Listen, I think, again, we're, we're at that precipice, right? Um if things continue to go downhill, I mean, they, they already are uh, heavily, you know, on a heavy decline. If they continue to, to regress, um, I don't think there's going to be a choice. I hope we can get this under control. Certainly, we, I think people are motivated at this point to do it, um, but we can't apply a Band-Aid approach. We have to get people there and get control of the situation because the virus simply does not care uh, what the politics of anybody is. The virus just is looking to transmit from person to person. If we give it that room, that is absolutely what it's going to do, and it's going to prey on our most vulnerable. And final question, Jason, as I look at today's numbers, uh, you know, five more dead. We've got 384 new cases, 216 in Winnipeg, and we're seeing more cases uh, in the various health regions as well. Uh, 53, almost 5,400 active cases, 10.6% for that five-day test positivity rate, over 200 hospitalizations now. What numbers uh, that I've rattled off there worry you the most? The ones that worry me the most, honestly, are, are the fatalities. And I, I look at this from the perspective that, listen, up to October 1st, there were 20 dead for the province for the entire year. 
Um, we've had, you know, what is it now, 94 more? Uh, I might be off on the math on, on where we are today. Um, but just think about the astronomical increase in the, the number of fatalities. And that spanned uh, multiple age groups. That is not just within seniors. Um, those are the numbers that, that are shocking. And, and I think we really have to take a step back and say, this is why we have to be so careful with this virus. Um, it, it does not distinguish. And if we give it any room, uh, this is absolutely what it's going to continue to do. Jason, always appreciate your time, and I appreciate uh, the questions are, are tough uh, at times, and I know it's difficult for you to answer them at times, uh, uh, but I appreciate you always uh, doing your best uh, because this is a, a life-and-death situation for this city and this province. I, I appreciate, how that you're asking the questions. That, that's the most important aspect of this. Jason Kinderchuk, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.